Police Academy is not for everybody. You're gonna get your boobs scuffed. But if you've got the vulva to stick it out, I'll be proud to call you ladies policemen. Sir! Yes, ma'am! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 16, Law and Oracle. So Ben, I'm, there's going to be some setup to today's disastrous opening question. Let's say you are, we have had the technology to do, figure out future crimes. Okay. And you are going to do a crime. It's just, it you can't get avoided. It's, it's, it's in the future. We can't stop ourselves from doing what we're about to do. Okay, now hold on. If you're a cop, you have to tell me. I am not a cop. Okay, good. Continue. But could cops be listening? I do not know. Okay, if you're a cop, you have to shut this podcast off right now. <laughs> uh, it's, we, in, it's in the law. It's in the law. <laughs> Very good. Um, th- thank you for following the directions of the law cops but you didn't hear that because you've already turned it off oh yeah no this there there are no cops in listening anymore yeah, yeah. and if it's if they are it's entrapment um <laughs> <laughs> so pod trapment Ooh, i i definitely yep i'm looking at the logs now yep totally is a real thing so let's say you're doing a crime you're going to do a crime what color is the ball that the oracle delivers what is it what color is it blue and what does blue indicate? That it is my favorite color. <laughs> Interesting thought, <laughs> And Oracle. therefore, the one that I will pick first. Because we've had this discussion about mini golf ball colors. Sure. Well, the... Well, the, the we're, ball, both, we're both blue. Sure. Well, the ball color, though, is not indicative, indicative of the person's choice of ball. Oh, I know. But I'm saying I will only do crimes that have oh, blue I balls. See. So, okay, so then it seems very clear to me that regardless of the crime, it will be a blue ball. Mm -hmm. But what crime is indicated by that blue ball? Uh, Burning leaves without a permit. That seems legitimate. Um, Is that a misdemeanor or or a felony? Uh, Depends on your jurisdiction. Um, in New England, it's probably a felony because of their leaf tourism. Uh-huh. You can't take that away from the looky-loos. You can't. Here in Oregon, it's probably a misdemeanor okay. because um, we don't care as much. Because we also don't give many looky-loos. It's all rainy. And on. it's Oregon. We're also into burning other leaves, if you know what I mean. So anyways, <laughs> burning leaves without a permit is my crime. <laughs> i'm glad i made the cops not listen to this <laughs> otherwise it'd be pod trapment uh-huh for my crime of burning leaves without a permit i mean how far in the future is this future um i mean realistically speaking like october is when all the leaves are falling okay um there's no, I wouldn't, where am I going to get leaves That's my question. in the middle of February? Well, so 
This Fair. is but burning but, leaves without a permit is a fall crime, Mike. Well, sure. No, I'm not disagreeing with you on the when, the time frame. I'm just saying I imagine that there is a uh, a legal definition of leaves, uh, the plural of leaves, that you can't just burn one leaf and be arrested for that. It has to be a large-scale burning of leaves. One leaf is freedom of speech. Exactly. You can burn a single leaf mm-hmm. as a form of protest. Exactly. Um, Even in New England, that's that's the case. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's you want to get your point across to your local senators oh, yeah. in Massachusetts? Burn a leaf. They'll take notice. Oh, yes, they sure will. But how many, uh, A, how many leaves you got to pull together? And B, where are you going to get them leaves? This may be the dumbest opening bit we've it's, ever had. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird. You ever, you ever go to a place and there's people doing improv there that Uh you didn't ask for Uh and they're just constantly yes anding the stupidest things Uh like welcome to that (laughs) improv only in your earbuds welcome to the worst improv wherever you are right now it's the name of our podcast sure should we talk (laughs) about i've got nothing else to say about this (laughs) stupid leaf burning felony your crime that you're going to commit well at least it's a misdemeanor here true i'll be burning other things is not anywhere close i'll be back out on the street uh in no time you just have to pay the fine fifty dollars at that point you'd be dumb not to burn leaves without a permit permit costs 45 so like you know that's a five dollar convenience fee Anyways, Law and Oracle is the episode we're talking about. You okay over there? Something about calling it a convenience fee just tickles me in a way. Uh, Law and Oracle is the episode of Futurama we're talking about. Yes. It starts out... We both watched it. With... Can confirm. With Fry playing a Paperboy video game. Yeah, it's called Delivery Command. Uh... And he, as he's playing, and he's like, nothing surprises me anymore in this. A bus crushes him and ends his game. The FBI warning says, winners don't play video games, and I feel seen and attacked. Same. Also, the number of times I've gone back and loaded up uh, um, Paperboy and been like, oh, yeah, I had so much fun playing this game when I was a kid. Yeah. And I load it up, and I get through, like, Tuesday, and I'm like, I hate this stupid game. <laughs> This is the dumbest. I'm wasting my sure. life with this garbage. Sure. Yeah. Every time. But I always, there's always that thing in the back of my head that's like, hey, Ben, remember when you played Paperboy back on the NES or Super Paperboy on the Super Nintendo? Sure. It's Those it, were fun times. You should definitely do that again, my dude. That's nostalgia turning you in the wrong decision. Direction? <laughs> it's entrapment is what it is. So <laughs> It's paper trapment. Leela comes in with a pizza and she's like, pizza going out. Come on. And like this great callback to the <laughs> yeah, very yeah. first episode. And Zoidberg says, you stink, loser. It's <laughs> it's definitely the first episode, but now we're frying in 3010 or whatever. I'm really into that callback. Like, it's very good. Uh, and they did. They were very like confident in pulling it off. And I loved it very much. And so Fry hops on a bike called the Red Rocket. And uh, he's 
in a really awful looking delivery boy getup. Sure. With short pants. He gets hit by a bus, just like he did in the video game. Uh-huh. Uh, he gets to applied cryogenics uh, with a pizza for to a defrosted wang. Uh, he wonders aloud why he doesn't read them beforehand. It seems like the thing to do. And apparently, this has been happening every week for 10 years. Fry, read them, please. <laughs> for yourself, man. Have some dignity. Maybe. Okay. Here's my theory. Okay. So I'm here for this. They order up a prank pizza to a joke name that has to do with icy penises. Sure. The only thing to make fun of ever. And so you get laughed at a little bit. Mm. And yeah, you've biked all the way out to applied cryogenics. But A, you're getting a workout. Sure. So, you know, staying healthy, getting swole. There's one thing. Swole gains. Can't stop them gains. Now you've got this pizza. Like sure. you get a you work out, you eat some pizza. Like I don't have time to do that in my day to day. I'm out of shape because like I don't have time to go to a gym. I see. So what you're saying is we should all deliver pizzas at, at cr- after crank calls. Yeah, and then eat them. Ben, I think you've created a uh fitness craze. The 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 icy wiener <laughs> fitness <laughs> craze. <laughs> cool so uh that's gonna be on your name forever ben sweet that's gonna be on my tombstone (laughs) we love we loved him in 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 life and death thank goodness he created the icy wiener fitness craze he died as he lived delivering pizzas to frozen penises Oh, it's very good. So back at Planet Express, Fry is recounting this tale, and he's like, and then they laughed at me a second time, and everybody <laughs> bursts out laughing. I do love how everybody laughs at his mis- uh, misfortune. Um, Fry's like, are there even promotions around here? I've been a delivery boy for a thousand years. Which is stretching it a little bit. I mean, on and off. <laughs> That's true. On and off for a thousand years but it's well now so here's here's the technicality okay go on he got frozen sure as a delivery boy Mm -hmm. he didn't like get fired or anything he was still a delivery boy in that tube he outlived them all Mm -hmm. and so then he got a job as a delivery boy and so he was sort of a delivery boy that whole time he just wasn't doing the job he wasn't active right that's true. I do believe the when you say I've been at this for X amount of time, that implies you've been active at doing such a yeah, thing. Yeah, but somebody like they should really uh, ask. Like when you're like, oh, I've been a computer programmer for like five years. Someone like if they really want to know. When did you start? They'll be like, and you were active that whole time. <laughs> there there was a brief uh three month period where I was not doing such a thing. Um I was off in Europe. See, exactly. So, How yeah. hard is that? it's and not rude at all no certainly not fry wants a promotion i do do think there's a difference between five years and a thousand but there's that's another discussion yeah maybe that might include more math fry wants a promotion and so uh hermes says there will be no promotions unless someone dies and only if they can't bring them back like a zombie like scruffy and scruffy's over there like mopping and he's he says life and death are a seamless continuum Mm-hmm. 
Like, that explains a lot about Scruffy, <laughs> to be honest. It does not explain zero-G jugs. I mean, nothing. L- living or dead, nothing can stop him from wanting zero-G jugs. Exactly. Fair enough. So, uh... Fry's like, I need some encouragement. Like a, like a shot in the arm. He then gets shot in the leg with a bullet. Right, because Roberto bursts in. He's running from the cops. And he's got a big old sack of money. You can tell it's money because it has a money symbol on it. There you go. Otherwise, we have no idea what this sack had in, in it. It could be potatoes. Who knows? And so uh, Roberto says that he's going to start stabbing people if he doesn't get his demands. And <laughs> I didn't de- I didn't write down any of the demands except for an unmarked sandwich. Okay, they're all very good. Uh, one, first one is a hovercopter. The second one is the unmarked sandwich, which is a great. And the third one is a new face, you know, with a Hugh Grant kind of look. I Which is a choice. Just want to know how sandwiches get marked. I mean, you you put a little like uh toothpick in it that has a little flag on it and there you got a mark there. Okay. Yeah, I th- I'd say Or it's in un uh, it's in like uh, not clear paper but like uh, like just white paper instead of with the markings of whoever made it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. But see, then, hmm. Okay, I don't know. You can't my track it. Who, my, can't, who my, made it? You can't track it. My brain's going in like fourteen different di- directions on this unmarked sandwich thing, so I'm just gonna leave it there. Oh, you don't want to so follow the rest, any of them down. So the rest of this podcast isn't just about the concept of unmarked sandwiches. I mean, we got about fifty minutes. <laughs> we could talk about the sandwich for for some time. You know, my the original podcast I was going to do yes, with I some re- friends, we were going to do a podcast that was literally just about sandwiches. I do love that this is part of the the, <laughs> the creation mythos of this podcast, because I was like, I want to join. I want to co-host on the, or not co-host a guest on that sandwich podcast you have planned. And then that fell through. And it's like, well, we could do something. Uh huh. The number of times I was like, because it, it came up on a joke where uh, I was doing a Twitch stream. I was playing Ninja Gaiden and losing because it's ninja gaiden sure and so uh we somehow got on the topic about doing a uh podcast about sandwiches and every uh I, I, there were three of my friends watching this stream and all three of them were like yeah that sounds great let's do that <laughs> and so over the next four months i was like okay you guys still in on this because i'm sourcing uh like microphones okay you guys still in on this because i'm looking at hosting and so on and so forth and so the moment that i bought a microphone and some editing software they were like yeah i'm not really into it and like (laughs) and then at that point you're like well i have this sunk cost i might as well use it for some dumb thing and then when this was born Uh uh-huh so if you're ever like man that futurama one is a real dumb one it could have been about sandwiches with one person who really wants to do it and three people who regret their life decisions instead of a futurama one where both mostly want to do it so roberto says that for every 15 minutes his demands aren't met he's gonna stab someone in the ass zoidberg calls him out as he's bluffing and then zoidberg gets stabbed in the ass he's not bluffing this is when Earl and Schmitty repel into Planet Express uh, and subdue Roberto. Earl is like, one chopper coming up, and then he chops him, chops Roberto right in the head. I mean, it's a very, very good uh, one-liner to deliver right before you subdue a, a, a perpetrator. 
So as they are sort of cleaning up the scene and taking Roberto into uh, custody, Smitty gets a kiss from Amy and Zoidberg. Yeah, Zoidberg's going in too. Smitty's like, you know the things I really love about this job? The nonstop promotions and a free hot rod. Earl suggests the respect they get and the high level of job satisfaction. And uh, Fry decides that that's what he wants to do. And he resigns with dignity and he hands over his shorts. Mm -hmm. Which he didn't have anything underneath and walks away. Oh yeah, there's straight up butt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leela does love a man in uniform, but she does clarify that she loves a man in uniform that doesn't involve short pants. I mean, the right guy in short pants. I mean, who who wears short pants? I wear short pants. Uh, well, I hope Stacy likes that. You know Marshall's calves in How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. You've said all I need to know. Everything you need to know was in that sentence. That may be all I need to know. <laughs> um, what are we doing? <laughs> well, I'm singing Well, sure, yes. But so, in a more cosmic level. Fry goes to the police academy, which is not affiliated with the film Police Academy 4. That specific one. The that other specific ones? one. The other ones? Maybe. Who knows? Fry walks in and uh, the guy at the desk is like, you think you can just waltz in here with no pants and become a cop? I like your style. I'm also not wearing pants. And Fry's like, I, I know you're very, you're very much taller than me and I can see. That's professionalism. <laughs> when I when I go into a police officer station, a police station, <laughs> a police officer station is two. good too. No, when I go into a police station, I want to definitely just see the guy at the front desk with no pants on because that's how I know it's a good police station. And based on the arm angle that he comes to shake Fry with, that might be. He might be That's right at eye, eye level. Eye level. Uh-huh. Yeah, right right there. You can't. I, I'm amazed he didn't have just I I would have hurt my neck looking up. Fry meets a robot in class named Sound Effects 5000, who is basically doing the exact same thing that um what's the guy's name? I I know who you're talking about. Michael Michael Winslow. Yes. He's doing the same thing that Michael Winslow does in the Police Academy movies. Mm. And Fry's like, wow, that'd be really impressive if you were a human. And it kind of bums <laughs> sound effects or uh, sound effects 5000 out a little bit, as it would. Like, that's a mean thing to say. But at the same time, it's true because, you know, if I... mean, I, it was what he's built for. If so. I play a sound effect on my computer, it's not... That's not very impressive if i do that exact same sound effect out of my mouth because i'm a human pretty impressive sure that being said we're not going to tell the computer that would be really impressive if you weren't a computer i tell my computer that all the time i gotta remind it who's boss around here that i suppose that's fair i could reformat it at any time you sure could i have a i have a follow-up question what sound effect are you gonna make with your mouth well my usual go-to when I'm talking about Michael Winslow is the scene in Spaceballs where he's like, we lost the sweeps, we lost the creeps, and we lost the, no, we lost the beeps, we lost the sweeps, and we lost the creeps, mm-hmm. is I think what he says. I always forget the exact order on that. Sure. But uh, he's like, uh, we lost the sweeps. <laughs> oh, that's hard to do with headphones on. <laughs> we I'm lost, glad you took them we, off for that. We lost the creeps 
We lost the... I don't remember how it goes Beeps, now. I think. I just don't remember what he what sent. It's been a while since I've seen Spaceballs. <laughs> I need to watch Spaceballs. Also, I apologize to everyone's ears <laughs> right now. When I asked that leading question, I didn't think I was going to get anything good out of it. And it worked out really well for me because it was better than I expected. Um, we'll see. I'm going to, I'll just edit it in later. I'll just blatantly <laughs> rip off the sounds from Spaceballs and be like, see, I'm perfect. I'm Michael Winslow 2.0. <laughs> Don't find off more than you might show. You might end up in the next Police Academy movie. That's true. I can't live down that reputation. Exactly. I'll stick to my stupid podcast. Thank you. <laughs> see, you now you know where the bread is buttered, my friend. With our 30-something dollars a month Patreon. Oh, yeah. Which we love you for, for contributing to. Thank you. So or not, or not. Like, we love you all the same. Uh, the chief comes in, and uh, it's a woman who um, repeatedly makes references to her various womanly parts. Sure. Uh, it's Chief O'Manahan. Oh, I missed her name. Yeah, it's kind of a good name. Um, she is PMSing like a lumberjack. It's interesting that because here's here's the thing, right? It is a weird thing when um, uh, the chief comes in and is talking about like her vulva and things like that. Sure. But it's like it's only weird. Like it's not weird when guys do it because like we're just we're we accept that as a society Mm -hmm. because she makes a lot of references of like. You're going to you know, get your boobs scuffed. You, you, you've got balls, but instead she's like, you know, if you, if you have the vulva to take it on or the uterus or whatever. Yeah. And like, and it's like, yeah, you know, that actually, I don't think it, they were explicitly setting out to make a point, but they definitely made a point Yeah, where it's like, okay, well, no, think about how weird it is that we talk about our balls all the time it's just nothing but balls talk i mean nothing but balls talk even starting this episode we talked about colored balls we talked about balls but it's like granted we talked about you know like the non uh anatomical balls but it's kind of weird like i don't know i i say talk about your bits as much as you want to everyone that's mine. Including at Back to Futurama. At, <laughs> okay, great. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, in as much as you're comfortable with or don't. Descriptions only. <laughs> Descriptions only. That's very important. Yes. Thank you for that. Anyways. We don't want your dick pics. Now that we have solicited our listeners to talk about their genitalia to us. <laughs> we're experts on the internet. God, I'm sorry for this episode. <laughs> um, Man, I wish I had a reason to to tell you why this is a weird one. Yeah, I, I don't have one. I had a shot of vodka when I got home from work. What's my problem? So, uh, anyways, there's a police training montage. They drive in a simulation where uh, Sound Effects 5000 can't drive because he's got no hands. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a... Uh, uh, firing range that they they shoot at, and Fry like throws his gun, mm. and it, it's great because he hits he does not hit the target at all except for when he throws the mm-hmm. gun and he hits a bull, bullseye. And then they they do a, a like baton range where he has one of those like lightsaber batons, yeah. and like 
He plays whack-a-mole. Pretty much. It, and it's kind of like the uh, Men in Black uh, training montage or the, the shooting range mm-hmm. because y- you can't hit the one that's that's a woman with a baby. Mm-hmm. And then he hits the person administering the test, which is very funny. Yes. I don't think that's limited to Men in Black, but I know what you're talking but about. But that's the, the, the touchstone that came directly to mind. Uh, so... It's time. It's that time of the month. Graduation day. Yep. So, um, and she says, now grow a pair and put them together for our, our graduating class, which is a weird way to s- suggest that you applaud. Uh-huh. And then it's like, well, there's nothing to see here. Move along. So, uh. Everybody throws up their laser batons in the air and they land on themselves. They're and like, Zoidberg. Ah, who, who cries out, police brutality. So, Fry gets into the 18th precinct. The Chief O'Manahan is teaming up new officers with ironically selected partners. <laughs> like Sound Effects 5000 with an officer with tinnitus. I love the concept that like police officers just get matched up with ironic partners. It's very good to me. Like cuz I mean it's it's very much the trope, you know. Sure. And it's such a silly ridiculous trope but like just leaning into that yeah. and being like no you must be matched up with ironic partners i kind of dig it yeah throwing a lampshade on it makes it really funny uh fry uh in because of the loss of officer smith who is also known as schmitty um is going to match up with earl what happened what happened with schmitty you might you ask what happened to smitty he he was just a few days away from retirement oh no what happened he took an early retirement so back at Planet Express, uh, the professor comes in and is like, let's get down to business, which first of all, immediately put the song from Mulan in my head, as that phrase always will for the eternity of time. Fair point. Notice he did not say, good news, everyone. And he points out that he only did it for Fry's sake, because Fry's such an idiot, and it gave him something to, you know, really uh, be happy about and aspire to. Because he had a worthless job. The prof- professor has improved on Fry by putting wheels on wood. And it turns it's a kind of a dolly that he rolls over to Bender. I know that feeling. My job could probably be replaced with wheels on wood. I guess so. Mm-hmm. There's nothing funny I can say here. I'm going to add a sad trombone <laughs> sound into that. Insert. No, wait. No, wait. I'm Michael Winslow 2.0. I can do a sad trombone sound. All right. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> let's do it. Pretty good. That's that was actually pretty good. I was. I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't expect it to be that good. So, so well done. Thank you. The mission is to go to the planet Pandora, and the dangerous three D planet. Can't we just send our avatars? It's ch- it's cheaper to just have you die. Meanwhile, Fry and Earl are out on patrol, and they see somebody going 15 miles over the speed of light. That's a violation of the law of Lorenz's invariance, and which so, is such a great joke. And I I know it, the joke is going for. Can I tell you any of the invariants? I cannot. I mean, we are th- so basically every moment from. When the radar gun shows 15 miles over the speed of light, up until the end of this freaking cop chase, 
It is just one giant nerdathon. It's just a giant physics joke. Because, first of all, they go on this cop chase. There's a guy driving a car with this box on the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. They drive into a place called Circuit City. Which which effectively looks a lot like Tron. Yeah, it's like the, the light bike scene from yeah, Tron. The light cycles, yeah. I had a friend in college who found this free version of like a light cycle game. Ooh. And um it was so buggy, but he loved it. And like we had a whole land party where we like played eight people light cycles. That it was sound, crazy. That sounds kinda rad actually. Um it would have been cool if it didn't crash constantly. Well, I mean <laughs> I mean, you're driving a light cycle. They have to crash. But um, uh, that was my Michael Winslow 2.0 rim shot. Thank so, you. Um, you. You know, I can really see a future. Yeah, you doubted me. I first off, I did, and I apologize for that. But I can definitely see a future for you after this podcast is over. Being Michael Winslow 2.0 myself, I think I'm just gonna have to go back to the day job, which is disappointing. I guess so. I do love my day job. If you are listening from it and you work at my day job, I love you. So, uh. Anyways, I know people that my day job do listen to this. There's this whole light cycle sequence um, where one of the hobos pees on one of the electric walls just for fun, I guess. I don't know. And the perpetrator gets uh, they manage to sort of filter him into a refractor. Yeah. And so he gets refracted out into all sorts of different colors and that causes him to crash. And so they manage to stop him. And they check his license, and it is... His DNA and career chip. Uh-huh. And it is uh, Erdwin Schrodinger. I probably did not say mm-hmm. that totally correctly. What's in the box, Schrodinger? Uh, he's like, it's a box. There's a cat and some poison and a cesium at him. And then Fry's very aggressive as, is it alive or dead? Is it dead or alive? <laughs> and he basically explains that it's neither until the the possibilities collapse and Mm -hmm. but set in a whatever smart way that the schrodinger's cat thing is actually set in (laughs) and insert intelligence here and so fry opens the box and a cat jumps out and claws him in the face and and earl's like there's a lot of drugs in here (laughs) i like the i like the headcanon that schrodinger put a lot of drugs in boxes Mm schrodinger's drugs are they uppers or downers (laughs) they're both until you open the box (laughs) oh man back at planet express we get a brief vignette uh so yeah uh uh leela and bender are on the ship they're flying out to this delivery and Bender is just tapping his foot, but it's otherwise silent. They are not saying a single word to each other. Leela attempts her small talk of, so, you're a robot? As if they'd never met before. Uh Uh-huh. And Bender just sighs. So they take in the, uh, uh, back on Earth, they take in the perpetrator, Mm -hmm. and the chief is like, guys like that really bust my uterus. And... (laughs) Uh, they get a promotion right there on the spot to the future crimes division. It's true. Uh, we do go back to Leela and Bender as they get to Pandora. And of course, everything's in 3D. Right. But it's that like uh, cyan and red. Yes. Uh, two color, like stereoscopic glasses sort of yeah. 3D effect, 
which I'm really upset that I don't have a pair of those because I wanted to see how good the 3D effect actually was. Yeah, I also didn't have the glasses, so I was a little little sad, but also I've never really liked all the 3D stuff. It feels very gimmicky to me. It does. I mean, so, because here's the thing, right? Anytime there's a 3D thing, something has to fly at the camera. Yes. And it's like, even if you're not watching it in 3D, it's like, oh, cool. This scene was very obviously added in for uh, 3D. So... Because like, so for example, um, so back home, I had some friends who every Valentine's Day, this is relevant because this episode's coming out on Valentine's Day, Ooh. baby. I hope you're sitting with your your significant other and listening to us. The most <laughs> central of things you could be doing right now. So back at home, I had some friends who, no. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, okay. I had some friends who <laughs> hated Valentine's Day and I mean, they were married to each other and so they just good they just but they both hated valentine's day and so they would always do a thing where instead of doing like romantic dinners or whatever they would have a party and they would watch horror movies okay all right yeah which is a great subversion of valentine's day yeah I, i really dig it and so one year we watched um my bloody valentine okay which was a like it it came out in like 3d and so there are definitely like a handful of scenes where the the killer throws a thing and it comes right at the screen and we're all like 3d because (laughs) we were watching it in 2d but it was one of those scenes where you're like okay we get it this would have got been great. really excited about the fact that you got to do this in 3D. Yeah. And it was like 10 times in this freaking movie. Like it was it was just overkill. They had they had to justify the addition of 3D, I think. Mm-hmm. Um 3D to me always reminds me of going to uh so there's a theme park that is near my uh where where my dad lives called King's Dominion in Virginia, like uh Ri- Richmond, Virginia. And you know, a lot of theme parks have a lot of good roller coasters and things like that. And they also have, when it's really hot and you're like, I don't want to stand in the hotness anymore. You, they have these indoor like uh, videos that are hooked up to like seats. So they move while things are happening. A lot of times those had 3D and I always hated them. I just kind of closed my eyes and let the chair take me where it wanted it to go. Okay. Now I did like Star Tours. That's not at King's Dominion. That's at Disney World. It's where you're you're part of a Star Wars thing. It's very good. Okay. Sorry, that was a non sequitur. Anyways, my point is, if you hate Valentine's Day, watch bad horror movies. <laughs> I recommend Cat People. It's about a woman who turns into a panther, and it has an opening theme by David Bowie, and it's very bad. I recommend that. Um, I have two details, and neither of those sound bad. How does it get bad? Um, well, I mean, slight spoilers. Oh, wow. (laughs) But she turns into a panther when she has sex, and she turns into a human when she kills someone. That sounds, that doesn't sound bad. That just sounds hilarious. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Anyways. It it sounds like one of those horror movies that are more accurately classified as comedy movies. (laughs) Anyways, watch it, cat people. It's great. Happy Valentine's, everyone. Watch it, so, all you cat people out there. Um, so, yeah, they're on this 3D planet, and they're arguing about who's going to deliver the package. And Bender is the company chef, as we all know. And so 
he makes it that excuse. He's like, I'm not going to deliver it. I'm the chef. And Leela says, well, then go cook something then. So he walks off and comes back with a like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he throws it at the screen, just like I said, always <laughs> happens. It's true. And then this big thing that comes up and it's like, put on your 3D glasses one minute ago. Which I think is a hilarious like lampshading of the of the trope there. Basically, this whole episode is just like, let's make fun of every genre. It's really true. Like, they make fun of Avatar. <laughs> it's great. But less so about Avatar and more about, like, 3D movies That's in fair. general. That's fair. They did knock over the big tree from Pandora, though. Yeah. That, that one's just like, ah, oh, we don't need to spend any time. Ah, uh, just run into the tree. So at the Future Crimes Division, where there's a sign that says, we know what you did next summer. It's very good. Uh, we find out that they can predict crimes with 99% accuracy. The technicians originally believed, as Fry currently believes, that only horoscopes can tell the future until they invented the cybernetic oracle, a robot with a human brain submerged in a pool of water. They call him Pickles. Because he's like a pickle under that water. This is when we get an indication that Pickles delivers a colored ball for each kind of crime. Green is larceny. Black is fraud. Red is homicide, and pink polka dots are cl- is clown slaughter. It happens more often than you'd think. And as we discussed at the beginning of the episode, and didn't make up at all, blue is burning leaves without a permit. It, that is also true. So, uh, as a demonstration, um, the oracle produces a ball. It's red for homicide. And so, he uh, the the director puts it into this machine. And we see sort of a, a playback of the future. And we see that... <laughs> Which is an amazing idea. And we see that Hattie McDougal gets murdered by this suave-looking dude in a suit. With a distinctive mustard stain on his forehead. And we get a couple of brief glimpses of what happens. There's a whole bunch of parakeets involved. Um, it's going to happen at 508 and it's 4.30. We have a half an hour to goof off until we have to go do anything. So they go to Hattie's apartment. And she's, I wrote in my notes, she's getting hot and heavy with a suave gent in a suit. I, I wrote at Hattie's, the unnamed mustard man and Hattie are flirting on the couch. He is unnamed and he has mustard. That is mm-hmm. the two things that I recognize. So when I was a kid and we'd play Clue, <laughs> we didn't know the word kernel as in kernel mustard Uh because it does not look at all like it's pronounced like it looks like it should be colonel Uh uh-huh but and we knew it wasn't colonel sure but we didn't really know what it was so we just called him mustard man okay so So that that's what it triggered in your mind Uh uh-huh which does explain it because he's about to kill someone Ooh, this is clue it was this was a clue mustard man in hattie's apartment with a snow globe Nailed it. I'm the best at Clue. I got it. Actually, Sarah is, but that's a different discussion. She kicked our butts. <laughs> oh, my God. We played Clue one time, and I, I was still like... I remember that. I was I'm, like, all right, I might start maybe... I'm, maybe I know it, who did it. I just need to figure out... Uh, I, I just need to rule out, like, four more rooms and, like, six murder weapons, and Sarah's like, I got it. And one, And was correct. And all three of us were like, how did you, like, she's got a whole system. Uh, it's, it, it's a good system, too. We're, 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 I'm still a little dumbfounded at, like, how good her system is and how easy it seems to 
put together. It's like, remind what? me never to commit a murder because she will figure it out. She'll, she'll figure it out real quick. Yes. So the cops burst in um, to, ar- Earl, yeah. to arrest uh, Mustard Man. Mustard I'm just going to call him that now. He, he, they're going to arrest him for future murder. He's like, well, you can't re- arrest me for future murder if I turn it into right now murder. And so he goes to attack with a snow globe. He knocks over the cage with all the parakeets mm-hmm. in it. The parakeets attack and uh, the murder is foiled and they arrest him. Um, his plan was, uh, so <laughs> Hattie has left everything in her will to her parakeets. So knowing that his plan was to kill her, marry her parakeets, poison the parakeets with the, an arsenic ba- uh, laced cuddle bone, you know, the classic plot. Oh yeah. Earl is like classic move. <laughs> like, okay. How often does that come up? Apparently enough. Enough to be a classic. I mean, I can't. I can't speak to how many times I've done it. I mean, it's a it's a well established fact. Ninety five percent of parakeet marriages are for the inheritance. Ninety five percent, Mike. Consider that statistic. I want to consider the five percent that isn't. What are those for? Love. I sure. True. Yeah, now, is it love? Is it true love? When a man loves a par- set of parakeets, can't keep his mind on another nose. <laughs> They go back to the 18th precinct and they're in the locker room and the chief is there without a top smoking a cigar. Sure. And so she She, says, she she says, congratulations on your big bust. And Fry's like, thanks. You too. I mean, it's a fair, fair response. That Uh, is, that is my, probably my favorite turn of phrase in this whole uh, episode because like it just happens so quick and it's like. Oh hey, okay, cool. No, it, it sure. it's apt. Yeah. Um. She she uh then says if you keep it up, you might make detective before. Uh. Now I gotta go to the restroom and drop a big one. The big one turns out to be a baby. Which I have questions about the fact she was literally smoking a cigar a minute ago. <laughs> it's it's such a. It's it's like a visual non sequitur, and I believe she names it Bert. Yeah, the Bert O'Manahan. There's a lot going on there's with so the much. chief. Just a lot going on. So much. Um, so Fry is finishing up some paperless work at the end of the day, and everybody's gone. Uh, Pickles drops a green ball for larceny. No one else is around, so Fry scoops it out, puts it in the machine. And it's just a whole bunch of of blurry visions. You can't see anyone. Fry, of course, assumes it's a ghost. Sure. Good, good first thought. But then he focuses and sees that it's actually Bender. The larceny is going to be next Thursday. Back at Planet Express, Hermes is talking about corporate tax rates. And everyone's like, Hermes, this isn't funny. Well, they, did, they didn't change, first off. That's a very important bit. Um, and yes, it's not supposed to be funny. It's a business meeting. At that same time, Leela and Bender come back from Pandora. They had nothing to say to each other, so they listen to Bender's Eagles albums for 27 hours. That's a lot of eagles. That's a lo- That's too many eagles. But the floorboard has so many <laughs> so, more eagles. So much more eagle. <laughs> that being said, different eagles. Yes. Um, although... Although, 
Victor was never specific. That's true. On <laughs> which eagles were in. Oh. So, because he did mention that the dashboard has the beaks of eagles. True. And that the seats had eagle down, but okay. he didn't specify about what eagles were in the it's floorboard. True. None of that goes to Brian Wilson, but the floorboard's good, apparently. So, uh, anyways. Put, apparently, Futurama has put you on blast, the eagles. Are you just going to sit there and take this? The eagles? You, you know what Twisted Sister would say? We're not going to take it. Is that Twisted Sister? I don't know. <laughs> the internet will correct us. So, um, we're not going to take it anymore. Fry comes in and he's like, hey, Bender, um, let's take a quick walk outside. Fry is, is asking if Bender is planning on a heist. And he's like, yeah, usually, but not right now. And then continues asking questions about specifics of the case and starts writing stuff down. Like, oh, next Thursday, you say, oh, the Maltese liquor, you say. Wonderful. Right. Don't do the crime. You wrote commit the crime. So basically, Fry helps Bender plan the crime. Yes. And uh, we find out that the the object in question is the Maltese liquor, which is some fancy sort of liquor that mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to. I think later on it is described to be t- 210 proof. Yes. But Bender Bender uh, describes it in some like fantastical way that makes it oh, this yes. like amazing great thing. It's true. I just didn't write it down on account of the liquor I drank. Ooh, which was not the Maltese liquor at all. Well, we we would understand what would happen if you drank the Maltese liquor later on. We go back to the precinct and Fry is kind of looking through the uh, the the paperwork again and recognizes. That there is, uh, there's a gunshot in the information, and he recognizes that the person that pulls the trigger is him. He recognizes the face, so he's freaking out. And Earl is there, and he's like, "That's heavy. That's osmium heavy." <laughs> and we also find out that Earl is smashing with the chief. I mean, there's so much. It is canonical that she has a great bust. That is true. Canonical. And something about her vulva. <laughs> it's also canon because she said now, so. Now I think there's there's a movie that needs, there's something about vulva. Okay, well I think you're describing a porn, but um. Oh right, a porn parody of there's something about Mary. <laughs> ben, what am I doing with my life? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm just remembering the part where you said your coworkers listen to this podcast, so. Well, hello, Mike's coworkers. <laughs> this is a weird one. Fry has this sort of freak out, and he's like, I wouldn't shoot Bender under any circumstance. And in saying so and making that decision, a new future is created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Oracle releases a revision ball. And so in this uh, future, Fry doesn't shoot Bender, but there are unintended consequences. And so we see that in this future, Bender makes off with the Maltese liquor. Mm -hmm. He shares it with the Planet Express crew. And they all die because only robots and Billy D. Williams can drink this. It's true. It destroyed their brains. Later on, it's Thursday, and we're at Hedonism Bot's mansion. 
Mm-hmm. Bender is disguised as a handyman and says he'll need to spend two to three hours in the wine cellar to fix the roof. That makes perfect sense. Hedonism but pays it no mind, says he's going to go put batteries in things. I mean, look, it's a is it a really bad cover story? Yes, but Hedonism Butt very clearly already has a full schedule of putting batteries in things. Mm-hmm. So he can't be bothered. Also, I do not want to know what things he's putting batteries in. Oh, you know. Oh, my. So. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Bender gets to work. Uh, He sees a guard dog and he pulls out a steak and beats the dog with the steak Mm. and then eats the steak. I can think of no better way for for Bender to do that. That was a choice. Uh-huh. He he wanted that steak. As as a robot, he wanted to eat that steak. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> so uh he sees this Maltese liquor and he puffs a cigar and blows the smoke onto it and mm-hmm. sees that there's an invisible safe around the liquor, which also makes a ton of sense, sure. if I'm gonna be honest. Uh sure, let's yeah, let's go with that. He uses a stick of dynamite to light his cigar, so he uses that to blow up the cage. The safe. There it is. Boy, howdy. It, I have had no, no beverage other than this flavored water. Fry shows up and um, he's like, he, I don't remember exa- the exact exchange. The only line I wrote in this whole exchange is that he says, you don't have to do something just because it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> don't, don't let the future make you a chump. And so at this point, the Oracle shows up. And it turns out this was all a setup and because the Oracle wanted this liquor so that he could drink it and kill his brain cells because he's tired of knowing the punchlines to jokes hours before they happen. It's a burden to know everything that will ever happen. And so the whole thing is to frame Bender because now that that, that vision is there, everyone's going to think Bender did it. Right. But the thing that Fry didn't see is that then Fry gets shot by the oracle Mm. and then the oracle goes to to run off and he drinks the liquor in front of a of a mirror so he can watch his brain decay then we find out is actually a two-way uh future proof prediction proof prediction proof glass which is a hilarious idea uh uh-huh it may again perfect sense also fry and bender both had uh bulletproof vests bender had one in his compartment of course this this whole crime section makes no sense. None, it's none at all. Amazing. It's hilarious. So as Fry is arresting Pickles, Pickles is like, "How'd you figure it out?" Fry says that something seemed wrong, but couldn't put his finger on it until he realized Pickles had showed him a future where Bender shared his booze with his friends. Bender never shares. Bender definitely agrees in that statement, and then Hedonism Bot shows up, and he's like. Shall we adjourn to the dungeon? Oh, my. So back at Planet Express, uh, we find out Fry got his shield and then he got fired for first stopping and then tipping off Bender. And everybody's cheering at both things. Um, The professor tells Fry, we don't know what you do around here, but we desperately need you back. Fry, however, wants a promotion because... He hasn't had a promotion in a thousand years. Uh, the professor's like, fine, you, you all promote you to executive delivery boy. And while Fry is 
sitting there impressed with the term executive, mm-hmm. Hermes leans over and is like, that just makes losers feel better about themselves. It's a meaningless title to make insecure people feel better. And he's like, I feel better about myself. And at that point, executive producers, Matt Groening, David X. Cohen <laughs> comes up on the screen. Nice little meta dig as we close out the episodes and go straight to grades. I really like this episode. I think it's it hits all the usual classic Futurama things. It skewers multiple p- different like TV shows, movies, all very well. I mean, you've got Minority Report, you've got Police Academy, you've got a little bit of Avatar and pretty much any other 3D movie. There's a whole lot going on here that's really funny to me. And you also get some nerdy physics stuff and some action-y stuff. Um, I think the jokes all land pretty well. And I think I think this is, you know, this was one of the ones I was like, I remember this being good and then didn't realize how good it was. I honestly think it's probably up there with the pantheon of some of the best Futurama episodes. I'm going to give it an A. Okay. Um, I feel pretty differently about this one. Oh, okay. So I think that it's got some good jokes in there, but I also, I feel like it was just, it, it was sort of a shotgun approach at genre parody. Okay. And... It just didn't feel very cohesive to me, um, and I don't think it was bad. I just don't think it was stellar. Okay. Uh, definitely not A territory for okay. me. Um, I would probably give it a B. Okay. I think it was fine. Um, I just don't. Uh, I just don't love it. I okay. guess. Um, it is one of the ones that I'd probably go back and rewatch. I really enjoyed it. I thought it. I, I I mean certainly there's room to agree to disagree, but I I thought it came together pretty well. I mean I mean I definitely put it up there with like season one sort of stuff. Like I it it was funny. Um, it just, I mean again it comes down to that fact that I love Futurama for its sort of depth and character complexity, sure. and so an episode that is doing that sort of shotgun approach of let's make fun of all these genres with no real character development is not really gonna win me many favors sure and that's just my own okay that's decision fair. but i think i think that's fair it's it's kind of this is an episode that if you're going in for some goofy future it's a, yeah feel it's a good and parroting th- and i think the parodies it pulls off in this episode are very good compared to some of the other things it's tried to parody in the past um, and I think that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm going there for the jokes and the parody. Although don't get me wrong. I do really enjoy the episodes that are heavy character building, but sometimes you just have to have a goofy one. That's, sure. And, and those are my bread and butter. And yeah, it's a good goofy episode, but you know, the, the goofy ones aren't the ones that really get me. Sure. Um, but you know, to each their own. Exactly. And we want to know about your own opinions on this episode, not genitals yes uh we we we've we've gone through some thinking we've gone through (laughs) we've gone through some some space on this one and i think i think we can agree that that was a bad idea and we shouldn't do it yeah i'm i think we're all better off um you know let's be friends not closer than that i don't yeah i don't really have anything else to say other than uh 
maybe don't do the thing that we said but we but do what if what if you did a crime in the future what color ball would you have yeah let's talk about that and <laughs> yes that is the better option here let's talk about if you are a cop because legally you have to tell us oh yeah see if you tune back in it's you know we told you not to uh we want to i want to know about what you think about the movie cat people which you will definitely be watching tonight later with your beloved individuals Mm -hmm. for this valentine's day because it is so bad it's good because certainly you started you started your romantic section listening to this well you get up in the morning okay you listen to back to the futurama thinking about do you do do you do this uh by yourself or with your significant other probably like on your commute okay to work that's what i'm envisioning okay i want to just join in your vision so you're commuting to work and you're like Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna get all romantic with my partner this evening. And then you listen to this. And after you get past all of the weird genital talk, then you're like, oh, hey, that's a great idea. I should definitely cancel the dinner reservation. Okay. And then, I mean... We gotta cancel the chocolate fountain, everyone. Well, don't cancel the chocolate fountain. You can, that's compatible with cat people. That's fair. You know, you can still you can still get those roses and everything, but like, just cancel the dinner reservation. Don't can- go out. Order cancel. In, order yeah. in some Chinese. Order food. some Chinese food. And get down to some cat people. Watch cat people. Oh wait, what I said was the double entendre accidentally. And then tell me what you think of this movie. <laughs> I'm. They're most romantic. That's my that's my official Valentine's Day recommendation to you, good listeners, and (laughs) we really appreciate you for listening to us. After you have had a wait, let me get my sexy voice on. Oh boy! Oh no! After you have had a very, very romantic Valentine's Day with your loved one or loved ones, I'm not here to judge. By watching Cat People (laughs) with a soundtrack by David Bowie. Please get in contact with us, Back to the Futurama. There are plenty of ways that you can do this. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We're on Spotify and apple Podcasts, so find us there review us subscribe and send to your friends so and and also if you like asmr that was great for you if you don't like asmr i'm sorry i about died when you said uh review us in a sexy voice that is the weirdest sex thing i've ever heard of but um anyways uh, don't forget we are on Patreon. If you, for some reason felt like this was worthy of dollars, you can throw them at us. <laughs> Patreon.com slash back to Futurama. And we love you. If you do, we love you. If you don't, we love you. Uh, honestly, we, I, we understand if you don't after this one, this one was weird, but we, but we love you all the same. And thank you for coming to yet another end of the roller coaster. That is back to the Futurama. Enjoy cat people tonight with your loved ones. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the the world world of tomorrow. tomorrow.
This was a mistake. <laughs> this was all a mistake. <laughs>